don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing because I don't do what I want to do. Instead, I do the thing that I hate. So I find this rule at work that when I want to do good, evil is right there with me. I'm a miserable human being. Who will rescue me from this dead corpse? Come on, Paul. Stop being so dramatic. Seriously. Is he being dramatic? Or is Paul simply, honestly, and in humility acknowledging that he's in a tug of war and he's at the end of his rope? Is he portraying the tug of war that runs through each and every one of us? In a season where we're all too aware of the pulling and the tearing going on out there in the world, the gains and the setbacks, perhaps we need a reminder that that same narrative, that same story plays out, happens in our hearts. But we're not left alone. Dear church, we are a tug of war, but Jesus rescues us at the end of our rope. We are a tug of war, but Jesus rescues us at the end of our rope. Now, if you've ever been to a, a field day or other outdoor game type event, you've no doubt either participated in or, or watched a tug of war. You know, there's a big sturdy rope and two opposing teams get on either side of the rope and they take up their positions and they... They grab on tightly, find that good grip, and you find that good position in the, in the ground, anchor your feet, and, and teams start to lean back and, and to dig in and, and pull, all trying to pull one team over a line or, or a ribbon in, in the middle. And there's sometimes there's, the, there's like the, the jerking strategy, where one team just jerking as hard as they can on the rope. Sometimes it's a slow and steady advance. Sometimes one team pulls and, and someone on the other side of the rope stumbles and there's a lot of gain ground, but they quickly regain their feet and, they, and then the other team pulls back and regains that ground. All this pulling and tugging until, until one side finally pulls the other over that midway point. And I remember as, at, in elementary school, because I was never this kid, that the best strategy uh, was always to find the tallest the biggest, the strongest, biggest bone kid in the classroom and put them at the end of the rope, anchoring it as like the last line of defense. Now, tug of war isn't just a field day game. You know, in many ways, tug of war is a picture, a metaphor of our world. Living in our world is at times like watching a tug of war between death and life, good and evil, love, hate, and injustice, fear and hope. Exclusion and inclusion. And for a while, like it looks like one side is, is, is winning and making some ground only to have, have the other side pull the rope back in the other direction. Every time you, you, you watch the news or you read a newspaper or you go online and look at an article, it's like watching one side gain ground and then the next time the other. I think about the fact, just for example, that our church raised $1,000 in one day the other day for the Equal Justice Initiative with just an impromptu Facebook fundraising campaign. I mean, how amazing, right? Like, that's tugging in, in, in the right direction. 
And then last Sunday, we had the most incredible, uh, encouraging, stirring Zoom conversation on, on race, justice, and faith through the lens of the film Just Mercy. And if you were one of the 40 people who participated in that, then you know how holy, how meaningful it was. That's a pull in, in the right direction. But then I look at the news, I look at the news this week where some people uh, living in a retirement community in Florida were recorded in a video shouting, shouting white power while driving around uh, gleefully on their golf carts. Then more locally, this week I saw a video on WRAL taken by a black Fort Bragg soldier in his own apartment complex where a woman was spewing racist language at him and then when her boyfriend or husband finally dragged her into her apartment, she was still heard screaming inward at the top of her lungs out of the window for the whole apartment complex to hear. And then there are those pulls like that in the opposite direction, tug of war. Or take the COVID-19 crisis. Every time I see a st- or read a story of a, uh, some local researcher or doctor or scientist at Duke or UNC or Wake Forest making um, some discovery or, or doing some amazing encur- encouraging research related to, to COVID-19, it feels like the pull's in the right direction. It's like, okay, we might, be, we might be almost there. We might be getting closer. And then you see the, star- the, the latest startling uh, headlines or statistics on, on the virus trending in the wrong directions, more people getting sick, more people in the hospital. And couple that with footage of, of people, you know, uh, acting cavalier or, or selfishly uh, with regard to social distancing or, or, or masks. And then it feels like, oh, the tug of war is going back the other way. And there are countless other examples out there, aren't there? I mean, I'm sure you can think of, of them. The world out there is a mass of contradictions. It is a tug of war. But you know what? As I was reading the scripture this week, I was reminded, I am too. <laughs> I am too. We are too. That same tug of war we see out there is inside each and every one of us. Why do I do the things that I don't want to do? Why do I not do the things that I know I should do? I am, you are, we are, a mass of contradictions, a tug of war. Paul is expressing this point, and it sounds like in trying to do so that he's just further getting himself tied up in knots, right? I don't know what I'm doing because I don't do what I want to do. Instead, I do the thing that I hate. The desire to do good is inside of me, but I can't do it. I don't do the good that I want to do, but I do the evil that I don't want to do. Is anyone else confused? (laughs) Right? Paul is is describing the way in which we do what we mean to do on one level, but then we discover at a deeper level that we're actually doing the exact opposite of what we hoped to do. Tug of war. (laughs) Tug of war. He goes even further to talk about how sometimes we even do what we think is right and yet sin hijacks it, gets pulled in the other direction. Paul is speaking from experience here because what he counts as the greatest demonstration of sin's power over his own life, the persecution of the church, came not because he failed to keep the law, but because he kept a law 
that had yet been hijacked and pulled the other way by sin. In other words, he did what he thought God was calling him to do, and yet it caused harm because he was persecuting Jesus. Makes you wonder, right, how often we do that? How often we do something that's not really, it's, that's really wrong. We do something that's really wrong, not because we want to do wrong, but because we think we're doing something that's right. We think we're doing something right, and yet it's causing other people harm. And it can be all too easy for us, can it, to, to, to look around at the world out there and elevate ourselves above, the, the, above this tug of war we see happening out there, all the while failing to realize that it's happening in here too. The very good things we see happening out there, we're capable of those things too. The very bad things we see happening out there, we're capable of those things too. I mean, here I am, standing before you today. Here I am, someone who knows and and preaches about trusting God and letting go of control, and yet I struggle to hand over Village Church Rollsville to God's love and care. Someone who knows deep down inside that my Redeemer is Jesus Christ, and yet I still look for others for approval and validation. Someone who knows and is at the mercy of God's infinite patience and is supposed to be modeling God's character to my family, and yet I I blow up at my kids sometimes. Someone who knows that God cares deeply about justice, that it saturates the pages of the biblical narrative. And yet, I've been silent so many times with, in the face of injustice with my head and feet stuck in the sand. Someone who believes in a God of a wide embrace, and yet it's taken me too long to become more inclusive in my own heart. We preach a gospel of peace, but our life isn't always defined by peace. We talk about Jesus, who, who alone can fully satisfy our thirsty souls, but we're often not satisfied. We celebrate God's amazing grace, but we often respond with ungrace. Even in moments when we think we're so prepared, we wind up doing what we didn't want to do. You didn't plan to get mad in the car and curse, but that car cut you off. You didn't plan to be envious and discontented. It just came over you in a moment of, of idleness. That conversation with the, the coworker family member, it wasn't supposed to turn into an argument, but, but it did. You really wanted to take action. You really wanted to say something, but your fears got the best of you. What came over me? I, I don't know what came over me, we, we say, don't we? We are a tug of war. C.S. Lewis had a helpful metaphor for this. He, he described the, the human machine um, in two ways. And described the two, the two ways, rather, that the human machine goes wrong. One is when human individuals drift apart from one another or collide with one another and do one another damage. The other is when things go wrong inside the individual, when the different parts of uh, of us either drift apart or, or interfere with each other. So he describes humanity as a fleet of ships sailing in formation. And the voyage will only be a success if two things happen simultaneously. You cannot have either of these two things without the other. Success if the ships 
do not collide and get in each other's way. And if each ship itself is seaworthy with all its internal parts, steering, motor, working properly. Obviously, obviously if the ships keep having collisions, they're no longer going to be seaworthy for very long. On the other hand, if the internal parts of the ship, like the steering or the engine, are out of order, they won't be able to avoid collisions either. Paul is reminding us of the internal workings, as it were, our internal gears, that internal tug of war. If we ever, if we ever expect deliverance from the tug of war we see out there happening even now, we better be honest with the one that's happening in each and every one of us. If it seems like Paul has this internal tug of war going on inside of him, then it's also clear that he is at the very end of his rope. Wretched man that I am, he exclaims, like someone tormented and tired of of pulling and and tugging back and forth in, in his heart. Who will save me from this? That's the real question, isn't it? That's the real question. Because I'm guessing that if if you've ever felt that that internal tug of war, you also know what it is to be barely holding on at the end of your rope, desperate. Your hands are aching and chafed from holding on, and you just can't do it anymore. Desperation, confusion, guilt. There's no big kid at the end of the rope anchoring it, ready to save us. This tug of war happening inside of us can't be solved by theology or principles or bullet points or plans or preparation or hints or strategies. It can't be solved by working hard or try as hard as we might. We cannot help ourselves. Who will save us? Friends, the answer is clear and beautiful. Jesus. Nobody but Jesus. Who will rescue me from this, Paul asks in desperation. Thank God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. When Paul could do nothing, God did everything for him so that the only thing left for Paul to do is to give thanks. In the face of this tug of war, restlessness, threatening to pull him apart, Paul has come to realize And confess that what he really needs is not to pull harder, but to be rescued from the whole thing. It all sounds to me kind of like an AA meeting. Hi, my name is Paul. Hi, Paul. I do not understand my own actions. There's nothing magical about an AA model, but here's what happens. You admit you're powerless in the face of your addictions. You surrender yourself to a higher power. You confess your mistakes and find welcome and support in the company and community of others. Small victories are celebrated. Life is lived one day at a time. So in other words, admitting that you are at the end of your rope is the place where rescue happens. It's where the white flag is raised in the middle of a tug of war threatening to undo someone. If the bad news is that we have this this tug of war struggle going on inside, wearing us, wearing on us, wearing us down, the good news is that God intervenes to rescue us through Jesus. 
The answer to this internal tug of war, this battle, is Jesus. When we could do nothing, God did everything for us. So the only thing that is left to do is to let go of the rope and give thanks. In the face of this tug of war, restlessness, threatening to to pull us apart, we come to the place where we realize, where we must realize and confess that what we really need is not to pull harder, but to be rescued. Jesus acted to set things right in this tug of war struggle, this internal space of contradictions where we're pulled in different directions. Jesus, with his life, death, and resurrection, grasps hold of the tug of war rope and pulls it all toward himself. And he continues to do so every time that we find ourselves at the end of our rope. Because it's there at the end of our rope where our desperation is met by God's rescuing love. Jesus enters into this tug of war, not to pull one way or the other, not to pull with us, but by pulling us to himself. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. In his body, Jesus wins the tug of war between sin and goodness, death and life. In his body, Jesus is that the perfect human one who doesn't budge towards sin, but instead pulls and draws the life, the very life and love and presence of God near. Jesus himself is the Sabbath in the midst of our restlessness. Because of his life death and resurrection, Jesus invites us to to let go of that tug of war rope and grab on instead to his strong, scarred hands. I don't know what I'm doing because I I don't do what I want to do. Instead, I, I do the thing that I hate. So I find that as a rule, when I want to do what is good, evil is right there with me. I'm a miserable human being. Who will rescue me from this? It all sounds so spiritually schizophrenic. (laughs) But if you have ever cried that out, if you ever find yourself in that place, even now where you are the tug of war, May that restlessness not drive you to despair, but draw you to Jesus. And remember and hope in the answer to the question. Who will rescue me from this? God alone through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Dear church, We are a tug of war, but Jesus rescues us at the end of our rope. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.